Well, hello, it's showtime. So thank you very much. Welcome again to Quantum Nurse Freedom International live stream. And I am very excited and happy to help a friend, a colleague, and a truther with me. And because he is running for a really special, I call it special because it should have been really special, for, especially for all of us the citizens and the individuals and people of the United States and to make sure that our rights are protected. Um, if you hear a little noise, pardon me, someone is just working outside, but that will be quiet once uh, Drew started talking. So welcome, Drew. And am I saying it correctly? Drew Cifrodelli. I always want to make sure that I'm pronouncing it correct. So that's how all the, the Americans say it, but the Italians say it, Cifrodelli. And, um, oh, I love that. Drew <laughs> Cifrodelli. I can do yeah. that. I like to do it the right way. Well, so, and the, Drew. The, the advantage of saying it that way is otherwise uh, people call me by the wrong name, believe it or not. So mm -hmm. if you if you say Cifrodelli, you have to take a breath in between my first and my last name. And that allows people to actually hear my first name is Drew and not Bruce. Because <laughs> a lot of people will call me Bruce. They'll hear Bruce Fridelli. Yeah. So yeah. That's why I so say Drew Chifferdelli. And I know that Drew Chifferdelli, he has his own uh, business. He has his own practice in real estate. And he is also a father. And he's very active in many ways because in just as most parents who are really concerned about their children have been active lately. So tell us more, Drew, your background and then what was your impetus that you decided, let me just go into politics because you were never a politician. You were interested in politics for family's sake, for community's sake, but then here you are running for the position of a constitutional sheriff at Mercer County. That's correct. Yeah, so during the pandemic uh, or plandemic, um, you know, things, it became more and more apparent that there was things going on that uh, needed to be addressed and there didn't seem to be anybody willing to step up and address them. So, uh, you know, where, whether it was election integrity or informed consent, uh, you know, medical mandates, health freedom, I mean, you name it, there was one constitutional violation after another. And I started to do some research into who's supposed to be sticking up for our constitutional rights. And, um, you know, my first um, step into standing up for myself was at a school board meeting where they asked me to fill out a form to say whether or not I'd been around anybody who's been uh, infected, if I had been vaccinated. They wanted my personal health information written on a piece of paper, and I had no idea where that paper was going to go. So uh, at the school board meeting, I refused to sign it. Um, the chief, now chief of police, then he was lieutenant, I think, um, came and removed me from my seat, brought me back to the table and, you know, you need to sign this. And I said, well, I'm not signing it. They can't tell me 
who's keeping it, how they're going to keep it safe, whether or not the government can require them to give up the documents. So I'm not, I said, I'll sign it, but I'm not filling it out. With that, the administrator came and I told him, I said, look, you can't secure these documents and you can't guarantee that nobody can get at them. So I'm not signing it. The next Monday, the document, nobody had to sign the documents anymore because they knew I was right. And so that was pretty much my first step. But I, I started to talk to uh, or I started calling uh, around to see who's supposed to be protecting our constitutional rights. And I come to learn that it was the sheriff that was supposed to be doing it. This or high point or whatever when you call it when um, we had a problem with and, um, the machines before Dominion came in and reloaded the machines with new stuff. So I called the sheriff to um, pull the data out of the machines. And he basically wasn't his job. So then, you know, actually he didn't call me back. I had to call three times before I got a call back. Uh, eventually he said, um, talk to the prosecutor. The prosecutor sent me, uh, called me back like a couple weeks later and said, uh, well, that's local law enforcement. So went to the local law enforcement and he said, we don't do that either. So I basically got the, you know, the runaround on, um, no, it's nobody's responsibility. And that's when I decided, all right, I got to do something, but what am I going to do? I started talking to people about running for sheriff, sort of as joking matter. You know, that he never called me back. I'm going to run against him. And quite a few people do people to me, I'll support you. You know, and it was like, hmm, maybe we'll run for sheriff. So that's how things started. Oh, I, I, I'm hoping that your Wi-Fi keeps steady because sometimes on my end it gets a little frozen. But we'll do the best we can for this uh, conversation. And if need be, in the future before the election, then we'll, we can redo it again. Or let's say we can continue the conversation. So yeah, just just making a, an explanation for our viewers. Because as a working person just I hmm. Drew I'm hearing like a noise on the background for some reason so I believe oh, that's okay. an airplane no, what flying I'm gonna over <laughs> no oh okay I oh the plane flying over I see and 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 it might help us also because you're outside in the public which you should be as a constitutional sheriff you have to be accessible to the public anyway so if uh, right now you're okay then there's not not a lot of noise on your part and not, nothing on my part okay so see and 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 we met actually because we were both you know, engaged in different meetings right and we've seen people and met parents who were really struggling in terms of like, how can they protect the children? And so primarily as, a, as individuals, we all came together for that medical freedom. And well, in, in different states that you know of, how was the role of the constitutional sheriff tapped? Because I don't think anything happened favorably 
from the from the constitutional sheriff's position in New Jersey. So can you just cite uh, an example of how a constitutional sheriff really spoke or stepped up for the people in a particular state? I don't hear, you're off your audio. Something got off in your on your side, you know. Yeah, you we cannot hear you, so it may be. Uh, try and see. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, no, your mic is off. It says mic off. So, okay, well. He's going to try and come back, I'm sure, all right? So, and uh, I needed anyway to get a copy of his platform because he has several. In his website, go to check it out. It's drewformercer.com. You could look at it there in what he's trying to offer, what he wanted to wish for New Jersey so that we could not be in the same position that we were in 2020 and 2021 and in in some schools it's it also continues so let's have uh, can can you talk drew so i can hear you if in case yeah nothing You can keep working on it, Drew, and if because I'll I'll keep the audience occupied. Uh, I'll get the copy of your platform that you I printed it, but I forgot about <laughs> I forgot to bring it in the room. So because I still can't hear you, do you want to try and talk? Or you can can you hear me? Or you're frozen? So let's see, okay? Okay. Pardon me, my dear audience. Let me go get the thing for Drew and we'll keep this conversation going, okay? Can you talk, Drew, so I can hear you? I'm back. Oh, okay, perfect. So I, I started to just kind of explain that you have in your website the plat your platform, the different things that you were thinking and how you will be able to make a difference. So go ahead and I, I asked earlier if you can share an example of what you know really happened or the constitutional sheriff did in another state. Great. Yeah. So there was a sheriff in another state where the um, parishioner came to, you know, we want to stay open and the governor is trying to close us down and uh, what can we do about it? So uh, the sheriff was uh, able to hold his, um, 
sheriff meetings on Sunday uh, at the temple. Not easy to do any kind of uh, video meeting when you're outside, when you're in public, but I, I have I have faith that he'll try his best to be back. So let me share it to you, okay? But I, I want him to be the one to tell the story. We there's really other states that they that the pastor went into the sheriff's office and he's a constitutional sheriff with one of the states. And because they put together their effort because of that 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 constitutional sheriff, he was able to keep the church going you know the members coming in so and you know it's when things get rough in situation who do we really what do we what the what's the first thing that we do whether we have problems at home in school in a community what's the first thing that we go we do either we kneel down to pray or we ask God to help us, or we talk to someone from the church. So that's what um, Drew was about to tell that story. And that, you know, these things are important because you may just think like, okay, so what if we didn't go to church? When with things are so rough, you need a community and church is a community. So I'll pass it on again to you, Drew. Yeah, I'm so sorry about what's happening here. Um, in between meetings, so I had to go to Mercer County Park, and I'm using my Wi-Fi on my cell phone to do this connection, and apparently it's not as stable as we would like it to be. So please forgive me. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, they had a standoff between the governor and the sheriff, and the sheriff won the battle um, because the sheriff is the highest law of the land, in any county. So uh, the sheriff is able to file a lawsuit against uh, any part of the government that is overreaching or violating the constitutional rights of anybody in the county that they live in. Um, I'm able to set up what's called a committee of safety. So I would have uh, as many as two people from each district in Mercer County who would be on my committee of safety. If somebody felt their constitutional rights being violated, they can go to my website right now and file a constitutional rights violation. And I'll personally come out right now and interview them, see what it is, and see who we can get to uh, help them fight their issue. Uh, as sheriff, I would have a lot more ability to help them and more resources, and I'd be able to file a lawsuit against whatever part of the government was violating their rights. And there are there's many cases of other sheriffs who have filed lawsuits against different branches of the government for violating the constitutional rights of their, you know, their citizens. Um, the the sheriff also is you know higher than the FBI, higher than the state police, higher than local law enforcement. So uh, in theory, anyway, uh, that you know anything that goes on within the county, uh, the sheriff has. Uh, a higher level of control over it. Now in New Jersey, it's not happening, right? Uh, the sheriffs have taken a back seat and they're not, you know, they're not, they're not looking after the constitution and they're not protecting our rights. It's just not happening. 
I'm not saying that it's not happening at all, but you know, in comparison to the way that it's done in a lot of other states, uh, New Jersey's just you know nowhere near uh, the level of a constitutional sheriff. And if you think about it, the school boards all swear an oath to uphold the constitution. And when the federal government says, we're gonna give you money, if you agree to do these unconstitutional things, who does the board, you know, school board turn to for support? Who's their ally? Who's going to stick up for them if they say, well, we need the money, but we don't want to do this constitutional thing or unconstitutional thing. So as a sheriff, they'd be able to come to me and I could say, look, you don't want to enforce the mask mandates. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't want to impose uh, illegal um you know, uh, health mandates, you know, force people to get injected without telling them what's in it. You don't have to do that. You know, it's unconstitutional and we could file a lawsuit against the government and get a decision made on it. And I would love to be a part of that, especially as the sheriff, because that would give me a little bit more clout in that kind of a situation to actually help a lot of people whose rights have been violated over the last few years. And it's not getting any better. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but right now there's a um, so some kind of a health treaty that the World Health Organization is currently working on, which um, there's amendments that are going to be approved uh, sometime in the next, I think it's the next three or four weeks, where if nobody, uh, says that we don't want them, then they just become automatic. And the World Health Organization can declare any kind of an emergency, a worldwide emergency, whether it's a, a healthcare emergency or a um, something to do with the environment. Um, they have complete latitude to just make it up as they go. And then they can force us to shut down, socially distance, take medications they have they basically set aside the constitutional rights of our country and hand over control um to the world health organization now there's a lot of people who say oh that's not true that's, that's been fact checked no it, it's they you know how fact checkers work they find one thing wrong with it and they say the whole thing's wrong they throw the baby out with the bathwater. but the fact of the matter is they have the ability to set aside your constitutional rights, just like they did during the pandemic. Um, only they're gonna give that up to somebody that lives in Sweden or somewhere. And we had enough trouble controlling our government here in the United States. So now we're gonna have to try to fight a government, uh, a worldwide government, a one world government. Just it's crazy to me. So the sheriff is gonna be your last line of defense. Um, the sheriff should be able to say, we're not enforcing that here in Mercer County anyway. And what have you observed when it comes to the, you know, the rising numbers of parents going into politics, especially local boards? Isn't that you, you and I can see that and it's really empowering. Yeah, you know, um, I go to school board meetings. Um, and one of the things I do when I walk in there is I say, you know, on November 7th, uh, when I'm elected a sheriff, I'm going to have to sign or swear an oath to uphold the Constitution, just like all of you have. And, you know, over the past several years, you may have felt that you were questioning, like, am I really upholding my oath to the office? 
and you didn't know where to turn. So uh, now you'll have some an ally, somebody in law enforcement that you can turn to. And that way, if you don't want to enforce an unconstitutional law, uh, you can come to a sheriff and say, hey, do I have to enforce this? And we can come up with a plan on how to address the issue. At one point, Drew, from what I read, you were also part of the election committee or election group checking out, trying to make that assessment of what happened to the recent election. Well, what have you found out about that? So we know at this point that the county clerk made changes to the ballots and that the Dominion company that that programs the voting machines didn't update the program to be able to read the ballots. So whether that was the county clerk's fault or Dominion's fault is arguable right now. Uh, the county clerk is saying it's Dominion's fault and, you know, um, that's where it stands at the moment. So we're doing an investigation into that. Uh, we've got a pretty good sized group of people and we're doing a statewide investigation of election uh, integrity anomalies. But um, in Mercer County, every single machine went down on election day for the entire day, countywide. Not a single machine worked. And there were quite a few people that were told to fill out provisional ballots uh, after they had already logged in to the e-poll books. So there's a glitch in the system that says that once you logged into the e-poll book, uh, you can't do a provisional ballot. Um, but nobody was able to vote, so that shouldn't really be a glitch. Everybody's vote, whether if they filled out a provisional ballot, should have been counted. But it turns out that the county said, you know what, if you signed into the e-poll book, then your vote wasn't counted because theoretically you voted on by machine, but none of the machines could read the vote. So they kicked out a lot of votes from people who filled out provisional ballots. Um, we're, you know, the county is saying it's somewhere around 100, 150. Um, we got um, Oprah requests and we're getting numbers closer to 3,000 or 5,000. So we're trying to figure out why that discrepancy exists. Uh, we're hoping we get to the bottom of that, but uh, there were problems with chain of custody because when the ballots were taken, you know, normally the ballots do not get uh, put, you know, into a machine the way they did that day. There wasn't enough space for all the ballots. So ballots came in open bags, stuffed into the machines. There was bags that were uh, misplaced. They couldn't find them for a couple days. Um, some bags showed up late. They were brought by Uber drivers, uh, just crazy chain of custody issues. Um, and somehow the election got certified anyway. So we're putting a lot of pressure on uh, Mercer County in particular to make sure that they don't certify an election if something catastrophic like that happens again. Um, we do not, we're not getting a commitment from them. Uh, they, they, <laughs> Uh, basically, they look at us and just stare at us when we say, well, can you promise you won't? And they just stare at us. So I guess the answer is no. <laughs> so when, so Drew, you know, it's not unusual for me to meet people who they have 
experienced and they have seen, observed, and yeah, just like you've been part of checking out the, you know, the um, the election integrity. And so some some have given up. So what do you, how do you respond to someone who said, I'm not voting anymore, you know, and you're not going to be, I don't know. She said, then, then of course, I, my follow-up question for that is, how come you decided to run independently? So first, but how do you respond to someone who said, "I'm," you know, it's so questionable? Well, you know, I mean, that's that's quitting. I mean, you know, if some if somebody's a quitter, I probably wouldn't say that to them. <laughs> but you know, I try to encourage them. Listen, don't quit on us yet. You know, we're making progress. Uh, we've got data. We're you know. Uh, we need the support so that we can continue to fight for people who want to get back control over our country. If everybody just acquiesces and gives up control, uh, then, you know, eventually they, you know, they let everybody else fight for them until there's nobody left and then they're going to come for them. And that's, I think the biggest thing that I try to impress upon people is that, well, it may have happened to me this time and you may not fight for me, but then when they come for you, who's going to be around to fight for you? You know, and, you know, that's happened over and over again throughout history. Uh, you know, many people will bring up what happened with the Nazis and how, you know, people just kept saying, no, we, we did our, you know, we we're just doing our job. Well, we hear that a lot. Oh, we're just doing our job. Well, the other day at the library, I was told that I couldn't record a public event in a public library with public speakers that were paid by our tax dollars. And I stood my ground. I said, I'm filming this. And if you don't like it, you're going to have to call the police and have me removed. And they gave up and they realized that I was right. But a lot of people don't have the fortitude, I guess, to stand up. Um, there was a second half of your question and now I've gone so long, I forget it. <laughs> no, I also forgot about it already. But basically, it, you know, it's just, just, just really having how you handle those who would really not be interested anymore. And oh, I remember that. Really yeah, so the next half yeah. of your question was, you know, um, so why did I decide to run, you know, and why did I run independently? So um, I, I decided to run independently because I interviewed um, the Republican candidate for about an hour and a half one day, trying to find out what his platform was. And I really wanted to get behind him to help him get elected. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, he didn't really see his job as being um, that of a constitutional sheriff fighting for people on issues of parental rights and medical freedom and, you know, all the things that we've talked about. Um, he saw he sees himself as a peacekeeper, um, kind of like a super cop, an authoritarian. Um, and, you know, from what I've seen over the past three, four years is we don't need any more authoritarians, <laughs> you know. We need freedom fighters. And so um, I, I really didn't want to see more of that. And I told him about my platform and what my, the people who were supporting me, what they cared about. And I asked him if he could get behind those things. And if he could, then I would be happy to support him in his candidacy and, you know, help him get elected. And he told me he couldn't do it. So I said, all right, then, uh, I was straight up with him, right to his face. I said, so listen, uh, then I'm going to run against you. 
Um, he was taken back by that. But, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I did the manly upfront thing to do. I gave him his time to talk. I told him what I was looking for from him. He said he couldn't give it to me. So I told him I was running against him. And the uh, Republican Party wanted him to run for them. So I withdrew from the Republican Party. And I found out that I actually had more libertarian type um, ethics and morals and values. Uh, I had done a test at one point in time online to see what party you align with. And turns out the Libertarian Party was uh, close, more closely aligned with um, the way that I think about the world. And so I became a member of the Libertarian Party and I'm endorsed by the Libertarian Party. And, um, you know, but I'm running independent. There is a question here. Uh, and it says, um, the question is, uh, do you feel not having a background in law enforcement would be a problem or is a problem so when you look at school boards for instance people get elected to school boards all the time their parents in the town and okay you could say yeah they have kids in school but how many of them are school board administrators uh you know or have been an administrator or principal or a superintendent and the answer is probably none of them uh if any and um they, they all are a political appointee and they want and the administration runs the school, um, but they're the interface public. And so sheriff is exactly that thing. Uh, the, the elected sheriff is the interface with the public. And there's 150 sworn officers um, in, and there's 70 administrative staff. So the run honestly with her without an elected sheriff for a long time <laughs> all right but my goal is to come in there and uh institute uh, constitutional sheriff training to make sure that they all know what they swore an oath to do you know because i believe that a lot of them swore the oath over you know put their hand on the bible swore an oath but don't know the constitution so i would have regular constitutional training for them uh, in the hopes of uh, raising awareness of what that really means and uh, how that affects their job duties. And what's your thought on uh, uh, the right to bear arms? So, um, it, uh, that right to bear arms is against a tyrannical government. So if you can imagine a scenario where uh, the World Health Organization decides to lock down the United States and institute uh, tyrannical lockdowns and force injections like what you saw in some other countries uh, where they actually held people down and stuck needles in their arms. Um, you know, that to me would be the time where I would want to have the right to bear arms, right? And the sheriff is supposed to stand up for your right to bear arms. Um, the Constitution says shall not be infringed. Um, and, you know, that means that you shouldn't even have to get a permit to have a gun. You shouldn't have to uh, have take training to get a gun. You should just be able to buy a gun to protect you against the government. And our the Constitution was written by a bunch of people who lived through several pandemics. And they saw how the government used the pandemics to manipulate them 
right? So this isn't an old storybook. This is something that's been going on throughout history, you know, through the millennia. And they knew that there needed to be protection against the government. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I know a lot of people are worried about uh, gun violence. And the fact of the matter is, if you look at the statistics, it's young black youth killing other young black youth with mostly stolen guns. And yes, that's a big problem and it needs to be addressed, but taking away guns from law-abiding citizens is not the solution to preventing that type of, type of gun violence. And that is by large the, the biggest part of it. In addition, if you look into the issue of uh, who gets shot by cops, there are way more uh, armed white people and unarmed white people who get shot by uh, officers. Right? It, it's incredible how many more uh, there are. Um, because at this point, uh, if you're an officer and you shoot a black person, you're in so much trouble that you don't dare shoot a black person. So we've come to a point in society where it's gotten very difficult for the police officers to do what they're supposed to do um, and, you know, keep the peace and enforce the law that um, a lot of police officers don't want to do the job anymore. And they're having trouble recruiting police officers now. So, you know, uh, crime is on the rise and, you know, we've got a ton of illegal immigrants coming into the country. And I know people don't like that term illegal immigrants, but, you know, these people are undocumented. Um, and, uh, they're of they're they're mostly men, from what I understand, and they're of um, fighting age. So, you know, it's it's a it's a challenging time, and if we don't have any ability to protect ourselves, um, God only knows what could happen. Oh, I should add. When when I'm sorry. And back let me just add one thing. Go ahead. Even though I have a gun permit and I have shot a gun, I am not a gun owner and I don't carry a gun. Are you still there or did you get frozen again? Well, no, I'll, I'll, uh, here's my thought. Oh, okay. Uh, here's my thought about that right to bear arms because even... I believe it was just really in the recent, you know, when the pandemic happened that I really thought hard about learning to, to shoot a gun, learning about weapons like that, and perhaps one day owning one. Because now I feel like it is important. And when you know how to be responsible with something like that, it, it you, one just have to be responsible for it, but you do know that you I could understand when that can be come very handy and practical in protecting a lot of my rights. Okay, and 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 yeah, it's it seems like the more that we get this, we're being discouraged to own something, to use something, to do something. Is it, it, I can see that nowadays when they say don't do this, that must be something important. I continue to check on that, like, ah, oh, okay, let me check on that. So 
now I am for it that we have to have and we have to protect our right to bear arms. And it's it's good and we're still blessed that in America that's allowed. But is there any state that that's not allowed? I'm not sure about that, to be honest with you. Um, I would think that somebody would file a lawsuit against um, whatever state tried to prohibit that. Uh, and, you know, certainly that would be the sheriff's job. I do know that um, Connecticut actually managed to get rid of counties, which is interesting. And by getting rid of counties, counties they basically defunded the sheriff. So people in Connecticut have lost their first line of defense against an unconstitutional government by eliminating their sheriffs. And uh, it's, it's sad to me that they don't really know how much of their constitutional rights have been stripped away um, in the process of doing that. Uh, I wanted to add one more thing about the, um, the guns. Uh, most people who are in government know that historically, when there's a collapse in a country, the government, the people in the government, unfortunately get dragged, dragged out on the streets and most of them get killed, right? And that's happened over and over again throughout history. Um, and so I believe that that's the reason why you see so much emphasis on taking guns away of from tax-paying, law-abiding citizens who are the ones who are gonna be so mad when, if everything falls apart, after they've been paying their taxes and, and following the laws, and then everybody goes, oh, well, so what? You lost your property, send your kids off to war for us. And, oh, sorry, it didn't work out. Well, yeah, uh, I don't, you know, the general public doesn't take too kindly to that if they've been following the rules and paying their taxes. So. How, about, how are you gonna handle um, situations in government public records when it comes to transparency? Because as we know, there are just so many things um, hidden, but at the same time, there's so many things that they openly say, but don't do, or they give us a lot of clues that they might be doing, you know, just instilling fear. But then when you start really going, uh, inquiring many things, especially that refers to our rights, then it seems like, there's no transparency anymore. So what's your plan for that? So I have an IT background. And um, a lot of these problems, I believe, and by the way, I have a master's in management of technology from Rensselaer Polytech Institute. And I have an undergrad degree from Ryder in computer information systems. So, uh, and I worked in that field for like 17 years. Uh, and my field was uh, databases and data integration um, so uh, a lot of the work that I did was about getting data and putting it up online so people could get to it for transparency. And I worked at Princeton University is the last place that I did that. Um, and so a lot of the problem, you know, every organization has problems with transparency, right? And when there's money involved, people want to know how you're spending it, what you're spending it on, you know, uh, when you spent it. And so the university was no different. So we created um, little data warehouses and data marts to publish data that everybody was asking for all the time. So instead of people having to go and fill out an OPA request 
or in our case, it was a, a data request. Um, we gave, we put the data online and we gave certain people access to it who had a legitimate business need for it. And so it cut the cost of producing that uh, information down to a fraction of what it used to be because the other way everybody had to come and ask for it and we had to reproduce it every time. In this case, we had standard reports that were well vetted so that we knew the information they were getting was accurate and it was timely. Uh, you know, it was near real time. It was the next, well, it was the day after. So, you know, uh, I don't, I don't believe there'd be anything that, or there wouldn't be too many things. I think that the, uh, an Oprah request takes as many as 14 days. Uh, so if the Oprah request was simply, I need access to this and we figured out that they have a legitimate need for it and we give them a login or a URL to the data that they requested, and it's the same data that we gave the last thousand people that asked for that, then we've got transparency and we have uh, a consistent answer as well. And why are you on time mandate? Well, mainly uh, <laughs> there's, there's three, I guess there's three, probably three reasons. One is they never told us what was in the shot. Uh, two, they withheld information about alternative uh, methods of uh, taking care of yourself in order to get the emergency youth author authorization. And three, you know, the emergency youth auth authorization, um, well, it was got on, it was gotten on false pretenses. Um, so then how do you mandate something uh, that was never tested and then in the end, uh, when you took it, you had to sign a waiver of liability saying that you're participating in an experimental drug um, and the government had already given the pharmaceutical companies a waiver of liability. So it's a, a, that's like three bad things all together. You know, don't tell me what's in it. Um, make me sign away my rights and give the company that's given it to me uh, impunity to be ensued. I, you know, there's no way I was taking that and there's no way that I could advise anybody else to take it. And to me, that should have been something that the sheriff was stepping up on and making an announcement that anybody in, in his county that didn't want to take the vaccine should not be prosecuted for their decision and make it obvious to everybody that it was a constitutional violation. You're good. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And now the audience, uh, one of the uh, viewers wanted to know if you could explain more what Oprah stands for. Oh, sure. Sorry. It's uh, lingo for me because of my primary business. So um, Oprah stands for Open Public Records Act. And uh, there's a state law that says that you can go in and fill out a form called an Oprah form and uh, the government has to fulfill your request within 14 days. Um, there are some reasonable standards to that. Uh, they don't have to fulfill it if it's going to be too costly. Uh, they don't have to fulfill it if um, they can prove that you're doing it just to cost the, um, a lot of money to the uh, government because some people have abused the privilege. I'm gonna let this helicopter fly over and mute my side.
No, continue if you have to speak. Are you there? Oh, there's noise on your side, so you're you're staying muted first. No, I should be good now. Can you hear me? Yes, please continue. All right. So the uh, I think I'm done with the Open Public Records Act. Uh, if there, unless they need more detail. Okay. So basically, the Oprah is another tool for the people in order to demand more transparency. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Exactly. We need a, we need a lot of education when it comes to constitution, sheriff's role, and you know just know, to know what is it in the system that could help us. Because you know at at this point, it's okay to be creative outside the system, but if we make the system work for us as well, we could hit it from all angles. Uh, that's my thought for that. Now, when it comes to, um, let's see, bo bodily autonomy, what's your thought on that? Because, you know, we always say my body is mine. My temple. Not anyone else's. That's right. So. Yes. So, you know, uh, that's a, uh, an interesting topic from my point of view, because you'll have one group of people uh, advocating for, um, you know, uh, life, pro-life, right? Um, and they'll say, um, you know, uh, the gov federal government should not be involved in making decisions over whether somebody has an abortion or not. And I agree with that. It's not the federal government's place. Uh, that's been clearly, you know, now stated that that is a state by state issue. And each state can make up the rules the way they want to make it for how, um, you know, people, can, whether they're going to fund abortions or not and things of that nature. Um, I am not in a place to pass judgment on people about the decisions they make with their lives. As far as I'm concerned, if you're pro-life or, uh, you know, anti-abortion, um, that's great. You do what you do. Um, I have to answer to God. Every person in this world at the end of the day has to answer to God. Uh, our rights are given to us by God. Our government doesn't give us our rights. There are a lot of people who disagree with that. They think that their rights are given to them by the government. They got it backwards. You know, we were created by God. We have natural rights because we were born of God. And, you know, those rights are supposed to be protected by our government. So um, if somebody makes the decision to have an abortion, um, they have to make that decision on their own. I'm not going to weigh in and pass judgment on them about that. Uh, on the other hand, you know, if somebody wants to try to stick an injection in my arm or claim some moral high ground about uh, I'm going to kill them or kill their, uh, their mother or their grandparent or something like that, um, and value virtue signal, uh, you know, I'm sorry. You know, again, um, it's my body. And if I want to die of a disease because I don't want to be vaccinated, that's bad on me. 
right? Now, if I go and I start to uh, cough in people's faces or I try to inject them with something that makes them sick, well, I'm crossing the line. But, you know, don't bother me. I won't bother you. It takes a lot of self-respect. It takes a lot of respect of others. It takes a lot of self-control. Um, you know, if, if you're going to live in a lawless society where nobody cares about each other uh, and nobody has any morals, then obviously my system won't work. And if you think that you can pass a law for every bad thing that people do and control them, then you're an authoritarian and it's never going to work. I mean, there's just no way that you can pass a law for everything that people do wrong in this world and, and, and judge them on everything and the reasons why they do what they do uh, until you're in their shoes and you walked a mile, you know, walked a mile in their shoes. And someone wants to know if you're familiar with Sheriff Mack and if and whatever he has accomplished before. Yes, definitely. Sheriff Mack, uh, I'm a member of the um, Constitutional Peace Officers Association that Sheriff Mack runs. Um, and uh, I watch his podcasts as often as I can. Um, uh, you know, I'm on his email and uh, I've talked to him. I, I, I speak to him uh, maybe once a month. Um, you know, I've got a cell phone number and, um, you know, if I need advice, I give him a call. Some that you have connection or, you know, help through his advice anytime you can. Now, um, what, what, what is your challenges when it comes to your, uh, role right now that you are vying, you know, to for that position. Maybe you can make an appeal on how you can be helped by my audience or by someone interested. Yeah. Well, um, this coming Saturday, we're having an event on election integrity uh, at the Foxmore Clubhouse in Robbinsville. Uh, that's at uh, 200 Hutchinson Road. And uh, we've got room for about 95 people. And if you go to my website, um, drewformercer.com, uh, you can find out more about that. It's right on the homepage and you can register to attend that event. There'll be some food there and um, we've got two good speakers and you'll see all the election integrity issues that are uh, that we've uncovered through our election integrity group. Integrity group. Sorry, I couldn't spit that out. And um, then uh, in addition to that, you know, just, you know, uh, telling friends and family, you know, check out my Facebook site. Everything is Drew for Mercer. So if you go on Facebook, it's Drew for Mercer. If you go on Twitter, it's Drew for Mercer. Uh, and Instagram, Drew for Mercer. And of course, my website is DrewForMercer.com. Um, so I try to be real consistent about that and, uh, you know, helping me get that word out, um, sharing, liking, subscribing, um, you know, all that good stuff uh, helps a lot. Uh, the, the campaign, you know, my campaign didn't have time to raise a lot of money, uh, just to give you the idea of what kind of money is involved here. Um, uh, the incumbent raised $175,000 in the primary and he didn't have to primary against anybody. I don't know how much he raised between now and, you know, November 7th, but I could easily imagine he's raised that much or more. So, uh, to compete with him on a monetary basis isn't going to happen. This has got to be grassroots. And, um, you know, I need like-minded people to spread the word and, um, 
if you're unhappy with uh, the establishment and the status quo, then you got to vote column C. I believe I'm the only person in column C on the ballot. So I stand out. There's nobody else in column C from what I'm hearing, and except that maybe if you're in Princeton, they might have somebody running um, in Princeton on column C. Uh, you have any last more thoughts, advice, or you know recommendations for our audience when it comes to, let's say, the integrity again of the election? You know, are you favoring the in-person mail-in vote? And if it's a mail-in vote, how would they do it? So I'm favoring Dropbox. All right. Um, and the main reason that I feel that way is um, it gives the Republican Party a chance to get on equal playing field. Both the Republican Party and the Democrat Party have access to data that nobody else gets access to. They get real-time information or near real-time information about who's already voted. And so what the Democrats are really good at doing is they've figured out that they don't have to spend money on the people who have already voted they can target the people who haven't voted yet. So if 65% of their people vote by mail, then they're only left with 35% of the people that are gonna vote on election day or that they're gonna do early voting. So they can take all that money that they have and focus on 35% of the people instead of focusing on 100% of the people that and where 65 have already voted. Now with the the Republicans, they've got a problem because most Republicans want to vote on election day. So the Republicans have to spend money every day right up to election and they, whether or not the people voted or already made up their minds. So it would help the Republican Party quite a bit to vote by uh, Dropbox. And I say that rather than drop by mail because you don't know involving the mail system whether or not that's going to be a problem. But the Dropboxes are supposedly monitored with a video. And um, the information that I've gotten from the county is they're pretty good about how they go out with two people. They open the box, they lock what's in there. That uh, they put another empty box into the drop box. Um, that the box they take with them stays secure until it gets back to the office, where somebody else opens it up and empties it out, and they count the ballots back there at the office. Um, so hopefully that's enough security that, you know, and they say they're bringing a Republican and a Democrat as if that's like the be all end all of security. Um, <laughs> but obviously neither one of those party wants the other party to win. So I guess that's fairly safe. Um, I would love to see a sheriff escort the, you know, the two of them to each Dropbox location. But, you know, that's uh, not for me to decide right now. And um and then as far as um, the, there was some another piece of your question um, that you had asked and it wasn't related to voting, but um, oh boy, it's escaping me at the moment. But uh, uh, generally speaking, what it was, what is the reason to um, or what's another big issue, right, with um, for people to watch out for? And um, what would be my my other hot button? Um, because obviously if people don't uh, don't vote, we can't do anything about the mandates and the government overreach. So I'd really like to get people to sign up to be uh, members of my committee of safety. You know, if I could get two people from each district 
to sign up to be a member of the Committee of Safety, then we could stay organized even after the election. Um, whether I win or lose, we can become uh, a force that we can go to the sheriff, whoever that sheriff is, and we can still say, hey, you're not doing your job. You know, you're supposed to be protecting our rights. This isn't over just if I lose. You know, we're trying to make people aware of their rights. I recommend that everybody um, read the Bill of Rights, right? The Bill of Rights was the first amendment to the Constitution. Um, a lot of the original signers refused to sign the original Constitution because it didn't have the Bill of Rights in it. And then the next thing they did was write the Bill of Rights. So our government is created to protect our Bill of Rights. And if you don't know your Bill of Rights, it's time to, to go read them. Thank you so much. It was so good to, to hear what you said about, you know, that the fight is not over whether you win or you lose. Okay. I just didn't want to come for the word lose coming from me, <laughs> but because I, because I truly believe that if it would be you, it will, it will help New Jersey so much. However, Yes, I'm glad you have a backup plan to continue the fight, whether you're in the official position or not. Well, we, we, we make our own positions anyway. Mm -hmm. And just as I tell all the voters that the responsibility is not just to go out and vote, not to just choose the right people, but to make those who will be in the position to be accountable and it's always good to follow through, ask them, okay, so what are you doing now? Did you win? Did you lose? So what? Okay, so thank you for thank saying you. that. And and I wish you the best and um, I wish you safety because nowadays it's always good to wish someone wellness and also safety and take care and, and, and make sure that all the links that you have. So, but to to those viewing right now, please share, especially if you have family members in New Jersey, because you're watching this from another in another state. So feel free to share the information of Drew. So DrewForMercer.com. You'll find everything there. Okay. So Very good. Share and support. Thank you, Thank you Grace. Thank you too, Drew. Hold on. Um.